0: Which freshman from South Carolina's 2022 recruiting class could make an instant impact this upcoming season? We'll discuss that today on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily South Carolina Gamecock sports coverage. I am your host, Andrew Lyon, and as you can see, we have finally made it to video. It has taken a little bit on my end. And for those of you who have been waiting for that, I sincerely apologize for that. I know that it was a lot longer than I said it would take and that I originally anticipated. But what matters now is that we have officially made it to video. So along with Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the other podcast apps that you could find, the Lockdown On Gamecocks podcast, you can now watch Videos on YouTube of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. So I'm very excited to get to learn a little bit more about how podcasting works in regards to video production. Obviously, this is something that is going to be very new for me. So, uh, probably going to be a few mistakes along the way. So, I just ask if y'all could please bear with me as I go through all of this. So, hope you all had a great start to your work week yesterday. But today we're going to be, instead of looking ahead with recruiting, looking back on the 2022 recruiting class. And I'm going to go over today a few prospects who I think could make an instant impact on the football field for the Gamecocks in the 2022 football season. So I'm really excited for today's episode, got a lot to talk about. So let's go on ahead and get on right into today's show. Now, I want to go ahead and make a quick disclaimer before I start to talk about the three prospects that I'm going to discuss from the 2022 recruiting class in this episode. I want to ensure that y'all understand that this is not by any means meant as a knock on any of the other players that South Carolina got from this previous recruiting class. Uh, Obviously, South Carolina, in my opinion, brought in a bunch of talented players for this last recruiting cycle and did a great job of addressing a few particular needs that this roster had. Obviously, depth in the back seven on the defensive side of the ball was a concern going into last year. This recruiting class, in my opinion, addresses that to a certain point and I'll be going over a couple of those guys tonight. I think that they did a great job getting a few guys in the offensive line and Ryan Brubaker, Grayson Maynes, and Cason Henry. Guys that are going to be maulers, they are going to be playing through the end of the whistle every single snap in a football game and could definitely make an impact down the road. Of course, Tanner Bailey and Braden, Braden Davis, excuse me, at quarterback. There's so many guys that could definitely help out the South Carolina football team going forward, but you know, With this team and how much experience is coming back and the guys they added in the portal subsequently, it's going to be very difficult for some of these guys to be able to see the football field immediately. So I just wanted to make that clear before I get started with today's show. So the first prospect from the 2022 cycle that I want to talk about is one of the early enrollees that South Carolina had in Peyton Williams, who was one of the better players that South Carolina got in the cycle. He was a four-star prospect out of Texas, rated the 433rd best prospect nationally, the 44th best safety in the country, and the 60th best player out of the state of Texas. And as you can see, South Carolina beat out teams like Maryland, North Texas, Michigan State, amongst others as well. Now, Peyton Williams is in a different situation than the other two players are that I'm going to be mentioning later in the sense that he was an early enrollee, which meant that he got to participate in spring practice. So, because of all of this, Peyton Williams is going to have a very big advantage from a playbook perspective. He's going to have a much better understanding of what Clayton White wants to do with the defense, how the coverages need to be run, what his assignments are. He's just going to inherently be ahead of the curve. little bit more than some of these other guys who will be arriving or have already arrived this summer for summer workouts and will be getting their first taste of college football when they hit fall camp this coming August. Now with Peyton Williams looking back at the spring game Peyton Williams was somebody that got a lot of snaps in the second half of the spring game and in my opinion Peyton Williams was the best freshman on the field that night. Again, that's not meant to be a knock on any of the other freshmen that may have gotten snaps that night. But Peyton Williams thoroughly impressed me when I went back and watched all of the plays from the spring game. And the reason for that was... Peyton Williams, for someone who is a true freshman safety, and I understand it, it's a spring game, so, you know, it's not like Marcus Sadfield went out there and had the entire offense, you know, throwing shot plays mixed in with some halfback draws and running a lot of complex concepts. I, I understand all that, but Peyton Williams, for his first ever taste of action in college football, was extremely impressive to me in regards of his instincts and the ability to diagnose plays. Peyton Williams just had a nose for the ball. If you go back and watch the Garden Black Spring game, most of the plays that were run plays where Peyton Williams was on the field, Peyton Williams either assisted in the tackle, made the tackle himself, or forced the ball carrier to have to go in a different direction. He affected the play in some aspect pretty much every time he was out there. And, that was something that caught my eye a great deal, again, when I went back and reviewed the spring game film. And when you look at the depth chart that South Carolina has going into this next season, obviously South Carolina is going to have super senior R.J. Roderick. They're going to have Central Michigan graduate transfer Devani Reed, who's coming in, who will definitely be starting. And, you know, those two guys, they're going to be the starting safeties. They've got those spots locked down. But in my opinion, Peyton Williams has a chance to be the third or fourth safety in the rotation, in fall camp, and as the season progresses. Now, obviously, he's not going to earn one of those spots without a fight. He's going to have a few other guys. He's going to have the battle for that spot. He'll be battling guys like Tyrese Ross, who was a guy that transferred from Washington State to South Carolina this past offseason. B.J. Gibson, who's a transfer out of Navy, he's a six-year defensive back, so obviously a guy that has... Unlike Peyton Williams, a lot of experience in a college football program. He also made some good plays in the spring game. So he might be battling for one of those backup spots. And then Anthony Rose, another highly tired freshman out of Florida who was also a four-star safety, which will be very fun to watch and see which freshman ends up separating themselves maybe enough to where they get more of the snaps this upcoming season. So needless to say, it's not going to be easy for Peyton Williams to see the field right out the gate. But... With what I saw in the spring game, I more than believe that Peyton Williams is actually more game ready than your usual freshman. So because of that, I think that Peyton Williams has got a really good chance to be an instant impact freshman heading into the 2022 football season. Now coming up in just a few moments, I'm going to go into a linebacker from the 2022 recruiting class who I think could really make a big impact, especially on special teams. But before I do that, I have a quick word from our friends over at BetOnline. Betonline BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information, where you'll find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's NBA championship matchup. Y'all... We're now heading into Game 6 after Game 5 just took place last night between the Warriors and the Celtics, and what has been a back-and-forth series. I have to be honest with you, if I was a betting man, I probably would not be putting any money on this series, but, you know, it's been a fun one to watch, to say the least. You've also got the NHL Stanley Cup Finals that are now taking place between the Colorado Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Again, the Lightning going for three Stanley Cup Finals. Finals championships in a row. What a feat that would be if they could accomplish that. You got regular season Major League Baseball. You know, I've talked about my Braves a lot, obviously, but you've also got the Phillies who have done really good in the National League East. So, could one of those two teams end up defeating the New York Mets who have stormed ahead in that division and end up winning the whole thing going into the postseason? And of course, you get all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC all the way to boxing. Bet Online acts as a continuous source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and much, much more. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, so getting back to some of these guys who I think could make an instant impact as true freshmen going into this next season, the next guy I'm going to talk about is linebacker Stone Blanton out of Mississippi. Now, Stone Blanton was a four-star linebacker for the 2022 recruiting class and was one of the more highly rated prospects the Gamecocks got as he was rated the 283rd best prospect in the country, the 30th best linebacker in the country, and the eighth best player of the state of Mississippi. South Carolina had to fight really hard to get Stone Blanton. Blanton is a two sport athlete who plays both football and baseball. And South Carolina was in a very heated battle with Mississippi state mainly all the way up until the end of his recruitment. But They were able to flip Stone Blanton as Blanton was actually committed to Mississippi State for a good while to play baseball and were able to earn his signature on his national letter of intent. So when looking at Stone Blanton's senior film from his high school season last year, Stone is very good at reading plays as they happen in front of him. He pretty much, you could tell by just the way he's moving. He's not somebody that's having to second guess. He pretty much diagnoses what's going on very quickly and is able to go right at the ball carrier to try to make a play. He can absolutely lay the wood on somebody and he runs with a head of steam more often than not. If you watch even just the second play in Stone Blanton senior year highlight reel from his high school playing days, uh, You'll learn very quickly, you probably are glad that you were not a kick returner or a running back playing up against Stone Blanton back when you played high school ball, if you did. He's also got good sideline to sideline speed. He's active on his hands when he's trying to get past a blocker to try to get to the quarterback or a ball carrier as well. So Stone Blanton, when looking at his highlights, to say the least, this is a guy who in a couple years, when Clayton White is going to be dialing up blitzes on the field for his defense, and Clayton White's not like Brent Vettels where he blitzes every single play just about, but uh, when Clayton does blitz, he's, he's very methodical about it. This is the kind of guy he wants to be able to send after the quarterback, a guy that is going to run with a head of steam. Running backs are not going to be able to stop a guy like Stone Bland. I can promise you that. And even offensive linemen, depending on how – good their upper body strength is, how good their technique is. They could have issues with them as well. And this is a guy that you do not want to get your hands on your quarterback because if so, that quarterback's probably going to end up lying on the grass. Now, of course, I'm not advocating for you know anybody to get hurt or anything like that, but you get the point. As a football coach, nothing's going to fire up your defense more or change a ball game more than getting to the quarterback, potentially knocking the ball out, whether you swipe from behind or you force a batted pass or an in- adverted pass for an interception. Stone Bland is that kind of player that the South Carolina Gamecocks are getting and is somebody that I think in a few years is really going to be a Massive help for this defense. So, when looking at the depth chart for Stone Blanton and seeing maybe where he could find some snaps, this is where things get a little bit tricky because when looking at the linebacker depth chart, Stuntland's going to automatically be behind Sharad Green, who's coming back for his super senior year. Green, of course, is coming off a really serious lower leg injury from this past season that he suffered in week three against Georgia. He'll be behind Brad Johnson, another super senior who will be back for his sixth year in South Carolina's football program. Muhammad Kaba, who I think could really take a big step forward this next season as that third linebacker who could be the first guy to go out there and take over for Sharad Green or Brad Johnson and provide significant assistance to one of those two guys. You also got Debo Williams, the Delaware transfer running back, excuse me, linebacker from this past year. I'm thinking about the fact he's buddies with Marshawn Lloyd, who plays running back. But Debo Williams, who also is in there, and he'll probably be second string now, especially since he's been at a Division I FBS football program for at least a year now. And he might be potentially behind someone like Daryl Ware, who has also made... His share of plays in certain games and had a decent showing in his own right in the spring game, making a few plays here and there. So, long story short, Stone Blanton is going to have a real hard time finding playing time at linebacker, and this is where I think Pete Lembo is going to come into play. Pete Lembo, for those of you who don't know, he is South Carolina special teams coordinator and somebody who is highly regarded in the coaching industry as one of the one of the most intelligent special team coordinators in the sport of college football. And as, if y'all know the Beamer family at all, if you know how the Beamer family coaches between both Frank Beamer, who was the head coach of Virginia Tech for decades, and Shane Beamer, who now coaches, of course, at South Carolina, then you would know special teams, or Beamer Ball, as they like to put it, is a big part of their program. It is a big part of their game. They really emphasize special teams. I think that Stone is going to find playing time on the field, whether it's on kickoff team or punt team. And I could see him being one of those guys that in a couple games this coming season, potentially making a big play, whether it's a big hit that really swings momentum to the Gamecocks sideline or potentially even maybe jarring the football out, maybe forcing a fumble. The Gamecocks get the ball. Offense now has the ball inside the opponent's red zone. That is the kind of player I think they are getting with Stone Bland. This is a guy that is too good of an athlete, and he plays with such tenacity on the football field that I just don't think that you can keep this guy off the field in year one. You might not be able to play him at linebacker, but this is the kind of guy you've got to find a way to get him on the field in year one, and that's how I think Stone Bland is going to do that this next season. Now, the final player whom I think could see the field and bring an instant impact as a true freshman in the 2022 football season is another linebacker in Nick Emanwury out of Irmo High School in Irmo, South Carolina. Now, Emanwury just like Stone, Blanton, and Peyton Williams, depending on where you look, was also rated as a four-star prospect for the 2022 recruiting cycle. On three's consensus player ranking system had him listed as the 317th best prospect in the country, the 33rd best linebacker in the country, and the 6th best player in the entire state of South Carolina. And you notice that South Carolina is the only school that's listed on his interest list. South Carolina was not the only school that showed interest in Nick Emanwari. But the thing is, Emanuary was sort of a late bloomer, and he was really a prospect that was affected heavily by the COVID-19 pandemic, shutting down all the football camps across the country, really not allowing coaches to be able to get or have in-person contact with a lot of football prospects. For a guy like Nick Emanwari, who was such a productive high school football player, but maybe hadn't been to as many camps for one reason or another the first year or two he played high school ball. This significantly hurt guys like him, and Nick fits that bill. Now, thankfully for Nick, being so close to the University of South Carolina, being at Irmo High School, which I could tell you from being a homegrown South Carolinian, Irmo High School is probably about 45, maybe 50 minutes max away from, from williams Bryce Stadium and the University of South Carolina in Columbia. So being so close to there, he was able to make it out to a camp and was so impressive to the coaching staff. The Gamecock coaching staff could not help but offer him before the end of the day. He did have some other, uh, I believe, FCS offers as well, a few here and there. But South Carolina's was by far the biggest one and Pretty much after that, Nick Emanuary was going to come to South Carolina for one reason or another. Now, when looking back at Nick Emanuary's film notes from his senior year of high school ball, he has high positional versatility as he is nickel corner, safety, and linebacker. He literally played at all levels of the defense for Irmo High School, with the exception of defensive line, he may even played there, and there just didn't happen to be any film in the highlight reel. Now, Nick is also good at using his length to affect passes. He's got a very big arm span, so he can really affect passes in passing windows, and he can also really, uh, you know, get in front of a receiver's eyes and really affect how they see the football. So if they're looking maybe above them like this, Mary with his arms straight up, it's very difficult for a guy to be able to see the football coming at all. So Mary was very good at doing that at Irmo High School. He was also patient in his rush defense, which allowed him to affect the play by getting in the right gap and making the tackle. He was probably the best at doing that with all the plays that I saw. That was the one skill that really stood out the most to me. So... When looking at Nick and Mary's film, in my opinion, he's going to play linebacker in Clayton White's scheme. I just think that he probably, he definitely fits there better than he does maybe at, say, Nickel Corner, in my opinion. And while I could maybe see him playing safety, I think that he was so good in the rush defense aspect when looking back at his film that this is a guy that's got to be playing linebacker. He's got to be closer to the line of scrimmage. So because of this, he's going to be behind the same guys as Stone Blanton will. But, Nick Emery's positional versatility, in my opinion, is going to serve him very well in year one in case of potential injury or inconsistent play, which, let's be honest, y'all, South Carolina, of course, being in the SEC, listen, it's the toughest conference in college football, without a doubt. You have the best athletes, the fastest, the strongest athletes on the field every single game. Now, obviously, it might not be the same case, one through 14, compared to every other team in college football, but when you when you look at the volume of talent that guys play against over the course of a season, y'all, the injuries are gonna add up at some point. And it's very, very difficult for even the best teams, no matter what you maybe got going on in the nutrition program and the strength conditioning and athletic training programs, to avoid that kind of stuff. Because of that, I think that there is a chance that Nick and will see the field one way or another. In year one, and will make an instant impact for this team because of how much experience he has at multiple levels on the defensive side of the ball. So, he's already going to have a general baseline understanding at multiple spots of what he has to do when he gets on the field in year one. Now, some of you may have noticed when, with me mentioning all three of these guys, none of these guys are offensive players. And you might be asking yourself, well, why didn't you include an offensive player on this list? Well, It's pretty simple. You look at even the transfer edition South Carolina made this past offseason, going into this incoming preseason, South Carolina mainly added guys on the offensive side of the ball. And I mean, for obvious reasons, South Carolina finished in pretty much the bottom 30 in the country in every single major offensive category. Obviously not very good, despite the fact that we won seven games this past season. And if this South Carolina team wants to take a step forward, then... They're going to have to make massive improvements on that side of the ball. Now, the one guy that some of you may think could be an instant impact player on the offensive side of the ball as a freshman this upcoming season, and someone I could maybe hear an argument for, is Landon Sampson, the highly rated three-star slash four-star wide receiver out of South Lake Carroll High School over in Texas. Now, the reason why I don't think he will really be an instant impact guy is because flat out of the depth in front of him. I don't think it's going to be anything really that is under Landon Sampson's control, he was going to be early enrollee, but ended up deciding against that and staying back in Texas for the springtime period, which, again, I can't blame him, you know, because you're getting ready to move halfway across the country. You will be away from your family, away from all of your friends you've grown up with for your whole childhood. So you can understand maybe why he'd make a decision like that. But, again, compare that to a guy like Peyton Williams. He's going to now be behind in the playbook. That's just a fact. And when you look at the guys that are in front of him, Josh Van and Antoine Wells Jr. are going to be 1A, 1B at receiver. You then got... Guys like Corey Rucker, transfer from Arkansas State. Dakaron Joyner, who's been here for four or five years now. You got Jalen Brooks, who's now officially back with the team and has had many years of college football under his belt. Amarian Brown, who's going into his fourth year of college ball. And you've also got guys like Omega Blake, Xavier Get, who according to a lot of coaches and offensive, had a great spring. And then Chad Terrell, even, who went off in the spring game this past spring. So, right there, that's like 8, 9, 10 guys that Landon Sampson is going to have to do better than at least probably 3 or 4 of them to see any amount of snaps on the field in 2022. And I just don't see that happening because that's a lot of experience that you're adding up right there compared to... I've never even been through a spring spring practice. I've never been through a summer strength conditioning program, which is what Landon Sampson is going to be dealing with when he gets here. I think he could definitely make an impact maybe later in the season, but it's just hard to see that with all the guys in front of him. So, now that we have discussed some of the players who I think can make an instant impact as true freshmen from the 2020 recruiting class, I want to go over a few quick miscellaneous recruiting notes before I get off for the night. Starting off with four-star running back Dontavious Braswell. Now, I did not really discuss Dontavious Braswell much from this past weekend's official visit slate with the 13 different prospects of the 2023 recruiting cycle who came to Columbia. However, I could tell you all now that according to an article that was written by Wes Mitchell and those On Gamecock Central, Dontavious Braswell apparently told them that he now plans to announce his commitment on July 2nd. And as of right now, South Carolina and Nebraska are considered to be the top two schools. Now, he is taking two more official visits before he makes his commitment. So, obviously, there could still be some things that happen here. Right now, my gut feeling, I literally think this is a coin flip. I don't think that Nebraska could feel overly confident that he's going to be committing to them. I don't think South Carolina fans can feel overly confident that he's going to commit to them. And on the running back board, really right now, it's Treon Webb, the four-star running back out of Florida, who's pretty much down to South Carolina and Florida, and then Dontavious Braswell out of Georgia, the four-star running back who is down to Nebraska and South Carolina. So, and both of these guys are going to be committing in very short time spans. Trayon Webb's committing on June 30th, and I'll get into that, of course, another day. But it's going to be a really big few days in terms of running back recruiting for South Carolina. The next miscellaneous note I want to hit on real quick is four-star edge, Jabron Harvey, who was on an official visit this past week. He officially announced his top five late Sunday night, in no particular order, of South Carolina, North Carolina, Louisville, Oklahoma, and and Wake Forest. Now, on three, as of right now, does think that North Carolina holds the lead for Jabron Harvey. He is from the state of North Carolina. I really haven't seen anything to argue against that, simply because of the fact that, you know, I there hasn't been a lot of information to go off of, really, with Jabron Harvey. He's a guy that is a lot more inconspicuous. He does not really talk a whole lot with this whole recruiting process. And because of that, it's been hard to really get a gauge on sort of where he is leaning, which school has the lead for his services at this time. So I definitely think South Carolina is in heavy contention here, and I think they will have their say all the way to the end. But again, you know, we're just not really going to know until probably gets, quite frankly, near the end of the recruiting process for Jabron Harvey. And the last note I wanted to touch up on before I head on for the night was on four-star edge, not Excuse me, four-star defensive lineman, interior defensive hardy out of Florida, who announced his top three yesterday afternoon, which included the Gamecocks. Now, he is scheduled to officially visit the Gamecocks on June the 24th through the 26th. And, you know, there's also a few other targets in the interior defensive line for South Carolina, like Xavier McLeod, T.J. Searcy, and Kelby Collins, all highly rated four-star prospects. Xavier Hardy apparently... According to on three, is down to South Carolina and Florida. So Florida at first had the lead seemingly according to on three, but as time has worn on, South Carolina has really gotten themselves heavily in the mix here. We'll have to see what happens as time passes. Obviously, I think that this has to be a good thing for South Carolina to be in his top three. And I'm not quite sure, of course, why Liberty is in there. There might be a particular coach that went to Liberty that he just really, really likes. And a lot of prospects these days have respect for those coaches. will include schools like that in their top three. But right now, this is a South Carolina-Florida battle. This could potentially end before the 2022 football season kicks off in early September, late August. But again, hasn't been any inclination specifically from Zavion Hardy just yet that he could do that. So we'll have to let this play out a little bit longer before we get anything official. But anyways, y'all, that is going to do it for today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope that you all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. And once again, I want to say thank you to all of you who have been following this podcast up to this point. And those of you who have been supporting me, I would not be able to do this job, this show, and make videos like this without all of you. You all are the reason that this show exists. So thank you to each and every single one of you. I hope that you all have a great rest of your Tuesday. And I'll catch you all in the next show of the Locked On Cox podcast.